This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 414. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Matthew Marister. Once again, how you doing, man? I am doing great. Thanks for uh, for having me uh, do the show with you. <laughs> Actually, uh, Matthew stepped in a little bit kind of last minute. We were going to do it with uh, Jacob today, and then Jacob decided he needed to step back uh, to take care of some, some business stuff. So um, that's the way it goes sometimes, and, and uh, that's why we have a team of three here that regularly uh, hold down the fort. So, guys, today today's episode, we're going to address this whole Ahmad Arbery shooting uh, case out of Brunswick, Georgia. It looks like uh, things are moving forward towards uh, certainly a, a, a more full-blown investigation, perhaps indictments. Uh, we'll just kind of have to see how that all pl- plays out. Our intent today, based on uh, quite a bit of viewer and listener demand is to only talk about what we currently know about this case, uh, to stay away as much as possible from speculation, uh, just to simply talk about the facts as, as, as we currently know them uh, and uh, what we can learn from it. Because I do think that there, mostly because there's been recently some video released about the actual incident itself, uh, it doesn't give us the whole picture. And the cameraman that provided the video uh Frankly, kind of, you know, he stinks at running a camera <laughs> at times. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a bit shaky and, and, and whatnot, but uh, uh, it, it does provide some context. And so having reviewed everything, uh, looking it over, Matthew and I have discussed it. Uh, we feel like there's, there's enough here to at least talk about it, what we can see, what we know, and what lessons can we glean from this situation. And I do think that there's some some key lessons to be learned. And then, of course, if there's updates in the case or more details are learned or whatever, uh, we'll try to keep you apprised of those in the future as they come to light. Today's episode is brought to you by and sponsored by even... CCW Safe. We are proud partners of CCW Safe. If you ever find yourself dealing with the aftermath of a self-defense shooting, are you dealing with it alone or do you have someone working through it with you that's been there, done that before? This is the kind of reassurance you get by being a member of CCW Safe. Learn more at uh, I was going to say concealed carry something. Learn more at ccwsafe.com. That's the problem I, I, I have when I say www.concealedcarry.com all the time. <laughs> ccwsafe.com is the place to uh, check them out. All right, guys? So, uh, and I'll tell you, that's that's one of the big things that's drawn me to them uh, is that all of the, the principals, you know, the head guys involved in this company have at some point in, or another been involved in, uh, in, in all, all aspects of, of similar cases, of shooting cases, whether they've been the one that's pulled the trigger, whether they've been the one that's investigated shootings, or been an attorney representing and helping fight for someone's innocence. So uh, that is the experience and the expertise that is brought to the table uh, when you are a member of CCW Safe, ccwsafe.com. 
Also, today's episode made possible by Guardian Nation. And Guardian Nation is the place for serious practitioners of the defensive gun. Training content, products, discounts, special events. And the cool thing is also that uh, Guardian Nation members get a discount off of CCW Safe. In fact, you're going to save, I think it's 20% off uh, by being a member of Guardian Nation and then also joining and becoming a member of CCW Safe. I think both are worthwhile. Uh, to learn more about Guardian Nation and to consider joining for a free, no commitment, 14 day trial, do so at concealedcarry.com forward slash 14 day one for D A Y. And as our sponsors for today's episode, making it all possible, uh, guys, your continued support of us and our sponsors uh, makes this possible. This very thing right here, right now that we are able to do and discuss and produce this podcast. And so here we are. Let's get into it. That's Matthew, good. when did you first hear about this Ahmad Arbery case? Just all right, you know, be, so be honest on it. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, I heard about it uh, over the past couple of days, um, to, and I didn't pay much attention to it because I had been so busy with this move and everything going on. So I had stayed, you know, out of out of uh, all of that. Um, today, when you said, "Hey, we're going to talk about this," uh, I I read a couple articles real to get the lowdown. Watched a little video that uh, shows the incident going down uh, to kind of familiarize myself with uh, with what we're going to be talking about. But you know, it's one of those things where everybody's talking about it, and it blows up into this huge media thing, and everybody's uh, taken aside pretty much already. Right within the first couple minutes of it breaking, somebody you pretty much find yourself on one side or the other of this, right? And so people are very uh, heated about it. And you know, I was glad that you kind of mentioned. Uh, that we were going to talk about today. I thought it was a good topic. Yeah. Uh, you know, same here. I mean, I just have heard about this in the last uh, a couple of days. And uh, you know, the crazy thing is this happened like two months ago uh, or, or a while. I think it was back in February. So, uh, in fact, what was the exact date? Let's just take a quick look. It should tell me here in the news story I'm looking at. February 23rd. Okay. So, it's, and it's actually a Sunday. So, it's a Sunday afternoon. It's a little bit after 1 p.m., February 23rd. So yeah, it's actually a little bit more than two months old of a story. And that was a bit surprising to me is it's like, wow, I'm just, you know, we're just hearing about this now, but we've been so focused, the media and everything, all that attention has, has been focused on coronavirus and COVID-19. And now this is just coming to light. And part of the reason this is really coming to light in a big way in the recent uh, day or so is that uh, video has now come out uh, of, uh, of the incident. And it's not the greatest video. It's obviously taken on a cell phone camera, uh, in a vertical orientation, which is, which is fine. It, it works fine for this, for the situation. The cameraman is not doing a great job. Uh, and, uh, in fact, uh, I, I see Mark, I think made this comment, but, uh, my understanding is that this video was taken by a third individual that was kind of involved in, in the, the, as far as the chasing down, uh, part of this story. Uh, there are several, uh, uh, stories where it talks about uh, the the two main individuals involved, uh, meaning the uh, of the the on the shooting side of the equation, uh, you have basically a father and a son. The father, I think, his name is Gregory, and or Jeffrey. Hold on, what was that, Jeffrey or Gregory? I think it's Gregory. 
Mick something. Yep, Gregory McMichael is the father. He's thirty or sixty four years old, and the son is Travis McMichael, thirty four years old. Uh, and uh, 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 and then it's several news reports that talk about a third man that was that was kind of he he you know he jumped in at some point to help. And basically, here's the here's kind of the rough context: is that uh, these guys. Um, apparently there's a history of some kind of, of breaking in or robbery or something in this neighborhood. And it's actually a, my, my understanding is a gated neighborhood, a gated community. Uh, and if I remember correctly, Ahmad, uh, Arbery lived in the area. Uh, I think it said with his mom or his aunt or somebody, uh, where, where was that part of the story? Do you, do you recall, uh, Matthew? I don't. Um, Let's see. I'm just trying to. I know I read that somewhere where he lived, and I I thought he lived kind of in the area. I mean, he's we, he's going for a jog. He's going for a run. Uh, so I mean, it's not like he's gone way out of his way to just go run through some random gated community, right? right. Uh, so point is, uh, he he's running through the neighborhood. These guys, knowing that there's been some kind of um, burglary activity taking place or trespassing activity and they state actually and also a recently released 911 call that uh, this is an ongoing thing that is something that's just been going on that uh, there's been some some surveillance video that's captured somebody um, wow fighter jet just flew over my house <laughs> um, that's what's what we get when we're not too not too far anyway from uh, Buckley Air Force Base so um uh, they, uh, um, where was I? <laughs> I get excited in, when I hear he, fighter jets, by the way. He lived, <laughs> he lived about a, a block away, um, and, uh, thank you. Ahmad, and he, he, you know, he was not, un, un, he was not unfamiliar with the area. He knew so, I mean, this, so. this is his neighborhood too. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> which is, which is the crazy thing. Uh, so, oh, I was talking about how, uh, uh, apparently somebody had caught on camera at night or something, somebody going into houses or particularly what's mentioned in the phone call is there's a house under construction, some kind of construction site in the area. So it's about 500 uh, feet from the McMichaels home. And, uh, uh, they had seen somebody in and out of there or something. And they thought it might be this Ahmad Arbery guy. All right. So that, that's kind of, that's, that's what leads us up to this, this moment is they see this man that they believe, uh, matches the description of this supposed criminal activity taking, you know, going on in the neighborhood. Now, again, I don't have a lot of details about that. That's why I say supposed and all this stuff. Right. So they see man running through the neighborhood on this Sunday afternoon, going for a jog. And they're like, ah, that must be him. And they decide to go chase after him. Right. It actually says in uh, one article here, I, I don't know if this came from a statement or where this came from, but basically like the dad said to the son or the son said to the dad, I, I've, I've lost that exact uh, part of the story here, but uh, uh, they, they, they decided they actually like said like let's let's grab our stuff let's go let's go and talk to this guy they 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 grabbed their guns uh, because it said they didn't know whether he would be armed or not uh, which this is kind of a, it's always a weird thing for me to hear and I don't know if this is just the way it's reported or if this is like literally like what these guys said um, but <clears throat> it's like I, I carry a gun all the time 100 percent of the time like every day like it's just normal like not because I walk around suspecting everybody I meet. Well, he might be carrying a gun. 
just that that's just the that's my my modus operandi my my mo you know like that's just the standard operation procedure um for me right so uh apparently though these guys made it a point at least according to how it was reported that we're gonna go confront this man and he could be carrying a gun so we better or a weapon so we better take our guns right okay whatever but here's the thing they take a 357 revolver uh apparently that's a, a sidearm that uh Gregory, the father, is carrying, and the son, Travis, takes a shotgun, right? So, so, and the shotgun, I mean, he's, they're riding around in a pickup truck, and even when Travis gets out of the pickup truck, like, he he's standing there openly with the shotgun basically at the ready, right? So, um, that's kind of the, that's that's the context of, of sort of how we get to this this critical moment. Matthew, what, I mean, what would you like to add? And also kind of feel free to, to take it from there if you'd like. And of course, yeah. we have video and stuff that we'll be, you know, playing back and all that as well. Right, right. And so, basically, you're you're describing what we know from the statements from you know the people that were pursuing. Obviously, we don't know what was in Ahmad Arbery's mind or what was going on. So, if it seems like we're only telling one side of the story, that's the side of the story we have. Um, right now, right? As far as what we can see, and then we'll kind of dig into what objectively we, we pull from that. But um, at this point, they're pursuing him. Uh, they block the road um, and he, they're in front of him and he, they block the road. Um, he, he's still running. Ahmad is still jogging, running. Uh, it, it's, it's probably no, should be noted that he's wearing a t-shirt and shorts, um, he's not carrying a back. He's not bag. He's not on a bike. He doesn't have tools in his hands. He doesn't, it's probably not something that, um, if you're out trying to burglarize something, you know, you're probably going to have a backpack or something to take things with or bolt cutters, stuff like yeah. that. Right. He literally like, he, he looks like he's a person out for a run. Correct. Um, exactly. And <laughs> Shorts, so, t-shirt, running shoes. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, in right. describing it that way. Yeah. And so uh, I mentioned they blocked the road um, and it seems like, you know, and we'll go over the video. It seems like he tries to get around the vehicle. Uh, he, he doesn't want any confrontation with these guys uh, as he comes around the front of the vehicle, passing the vehicle. Um, he takes a turn towards um, the, the, the one gentleman with the gun, uh, with the, with the uh, shotgun. Mm-hmm. And uh, a fight, you know, a scuffle ensues over possession of the fire of, of that shotgun. Yeah. Um, a round is immediately fired from the shotgun. Well, well, hold on. A minute. Let's let's go ahead. And if we're if we're going to go into that, yeah. Uh, let's let's actually do that as we play back the video because, uh, and actually before we actually get to the video, I think let's it, it's relevant to play the nine one one call audio because that's actually like leading up to. The, the the actual incident itself but I, I just think yeah if we're gonna if we're gonna uh go into the details of what happens let's actually let's listen to and then let's watch uh what happens and and uh, so here is i'm gonna uh share with you folks the 911 audio um i just gotta get it pulled up here here we go uh all right so here is the 911 call. There's actually two calls here. The first call is that initial, hey, we see somebody run into the neighborhood. We think it's related to these break-ins that have been occurring. Uh, and that's basically the extent of that, of that call. And the second one sounds like a different voice. And I believe this is the father. I think the first one was actually the son. I could be wrong in that, but that's just kind of how it sounds to me. 
And so the second call is uh, just just moments or seconds before the actual shooting happens. We don't hear the shooting in the call, but uh, uh, it's right there. Hello. Oh, decided to buffer. <laughs> Let me try refreshing this. Stand by. All right. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, right at uh, 219 or 220, Cecilia Drive. And you said someone's breaking into yeah. it right now? No, it's, it's all open. It's under construction. And he's running right now. There he goes right now. Okay, what is he doing? He's running down the street. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I'll get them out there. I just need to know what he was doing wrong. Was he just on the premises and not supposed to be? And he's been caught on the camera a bunch before at night. It's kind of an ongoing thing out here. The man that's building the house has got heart issues. I think he's not going to finish it. So. Okay, that's fine. And you said it was a male in a black t-shirt? A white t-shirt, black guy, white t-shirt, and he's he's done back run, done run back into the neighborhood. Okay, and hello. All right, so I'm gonna pause it right there because uh, that's the end of the first call. So the first call, again, he it, it's basically you know there's been these break-ins, been this, this thing that's been going on. Uh, uh, you know, we caught somebody on camera, and by this point, you could tell by the way. Uh, Again, I think this is Travis that's talking. I don't know for sure, but um, but uh, whoever it, this is, you, you can tell they've, they've basically already made the the determination. They believe that this black male, who is Ahmad Arbery running through the neighborhood, is the same person as whoever's been doing these break-ins. And then he talks about this construction site, this this house or whatever that's under construction, because apparently I saw somebody in there and... Uh, uh, so he, he's, he's connecting the dots that he thinks, uh, it's, you know, that Ahmad is this person. Okay. So, uh, that, that just kind of, you know, don't, don't misconstrue anything. What we're saying about, uh, this incident today on the podcast, uh, I'm just painting the picture of, I think kind of how this is being perceived by the actors involved. All right, and you can hear that in his own language. He says, "He, you know, he 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 very distinctly says, whoever this is is running the neighborhood. He he is connecting that dot to whoever he thinks this is the person that's been uh, responsible for these uh, these break-ins or what or whatnot." All right, so here's the second uh, uh, phone call. Nine one one was the address emergency. Uh, I'm not here. Tell us yours. It's a black male. Running down the street. So tell it where, where, where at Satella Shores. I don't know what street we're on. Stop right there. Is it? Stop. Travis. Sir. Hello. Sir. Sir, where are you at? And that's basically it. So I'm going to go ahead and just stop Hello? it there. Because we lose the call. We drop the call. Uh, 
I mean, the context we hear here is uh, this is clearly this sounds like it's outside the home. I mean, he sees the man, right? So uh, I think the first call is probably placed from whoever, you know, when they were probably seeing this through the window uh, or from at least from their property. Now we're leading again up to probably moments or seconds before uh, the altercation actually takes place. Uh, And we hear the stop, stop that right there. Uh, And then it is believed that one of the next things that said is that he says Travis, which is the name of the son. Uh, uh, And then that's it. Like basically just, it goes dead. So we don't hear, hear anything else after that from, uh, from the caller, whether the call just dropped, uh, or what. But, uh, so that is, uh, that's that, those 911 calls. So that kind of sets that, that context of the 911 calls that came in. Um, that's obviously the same information that police are receiving. Right. So, so that's being, you know, that eventually that's, that's being filtered down to the responding uh, police officers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are. Now, I must address something really quick. A uh, comment from Matt says he finds it strange we're talking about this without knowing all the facts. Uh, and I will just respond by saying that it's true. We don't know all the facts, but, uh, the reason why we're talking about it is because, uh, one, a lot of requests from, from podcast listeners. Which I'll be honest with you, we didn't get as many requests from listeners to talk about Duncan Limp, all right, which is something else that Matt brings up here in his comment. Uh, the other thing is, in, in contrasting it with that other kind of you know controversial case, is that uh, this one we actually do know some things, and the intent of today's episode is to talk about what we know. And what we know is that we have a video of this incident. We have 911 calls of this incident. We have some uh, some early kind of a witness witness statements and other uh, 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 contextual information. That's I don't know. I haven't verified all the sources, all this information. But we have far more about this incident than we do of, say, the Duncan Lemp incident, okay? And so, uh, and again, I've made it clear that we're only going to talk about what we do know because I felt like in what we know, there's enough for us to draw some. It's not about this. The intent of this episode is not to make it a determination necessarily of what exactly happened and who's guilty necessarily. This is more about what lessons can we draw from this? And there are some distinct lessons uh, that we can pull out of this because of, of what's come out. All right. So uh, Matthew, you start talking about the, uh, the incident. Why don't you give some of that same commentary as I now run the video? Uh, and then after we let this run through and watch this together, uh, then we'll, we'll step through this kind of frame by frame. Does that sound good? Sure. Sure, sure, yeah. All right, so I'll cue this up here. Um, Stand by, and here it comes. So take it away. So, okay, so we're uh, we're at the point where uh, the person in the back uh, is following uh, Ahmad. You'll see, you see him running. He's in the left lane, um, and you see the other truck with, I think it's uh, Travis with the shotgun. Uh, Ahmad veers to the right, looks like he's trying to avoid them. Uh, to go around the truck. As he goes around the truck, uh, it looks like Travis closed the distance and stepped in front of the truck, kind of closing the distance between them. Ahmad turns uh, and, and runs towards Travis. At that point, uh, it, it's it's difficult to see exactly when the shot was fired, but we kind of, when we look at it together, you can kind of see they're they're pretty they're about arm's length distance away, maybe four or five feet away from each other um, at the most. 
uh, because they're both in front of that vehicle. A shot from the shotgun uh, is fired. Uh, they believe, I think, th from the investigation that that went through one of his, uh, Ahmad's hands. And so he is hit initially. Uh, a fight ensues over the shotgun. They're wrestling over the shotgun, both standing up. Uh, another shot is fired as they move across that left lane into kind of uh, off to the berm, the shoulder there. A shot is fired. Uh, it doesn't look like it strikes him because uh, a mod because you can see kind of that that blast uh, going through the air. So it looks like a lot of of that uh, would have been blocked by by a mod if he had been hit by that second shot. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just kind of speculation by looking at the at the video. Um, and then you know you see a mod. He's they're they're struggling over the uh, over the shotgun. A mod lands a couple uh, punches to Travis's head as they're still struggling over the shotgun. Um, the shotgun is then fired one more time, hits a mod, uh, in his left kind of abdomen area, you can see, or maybe upper lower chest. Um, and they kind of break contact there. And then a mod stumbles and he, and he falls to the ground. That was a fatal shot. So, um, without looking at this, you know, for me, here, here's the thing. If you want me to uh, pick a side and say this is a clear cut case of this or that, that's not. I'm not. It, you know, that's not my job. I'm not going to do that right now. What I want to do is talk about the incident as it unfolded because it could be you are the runner or you are the pursuer because we have lots of people that pursue people, right? We have a lot of uh, carriers that say, I'm not going to let someone break into my truck. I'm going to go out and confront them, you know? So we get a lot of people on both sides of this, not, not, not uh, agreeing with both sides. I'm saying you could find yourself on one side or the other, right? So um, I'm not going to put my mind into or myself in either one of these shoes and say, this is exactly what happened. But I, what I can say is that if somebody turn if if you if I'm on a run and I'm confronted by people with uh with with guns blocking the road I think it's safe to say that I uh should fear for my my safety right mm -hmm. uh, I think that's reasonable and I think Ahmad had a, a totally justified um uh feeling that this is not going to go well, right? I'm not right. armed. These guys have blocked the road. They're ch they're pursuing me. Um, I'm trying to go around them, and uh, this guy has a firearm, and now he's closing the distance, right? Yep. Um, and, and and I think that's that's totally justified. Now, if I take away all the pursuing part of this, which is obviously a very bad idea um, on so many different levels of these guys pursuing whatever their motivation was, whether it was racially, whether it was their vigilantes, whatever it was, if you take that away and you just go to the moment where Ahmad turns left and they kind of go into the into the scuffle over the shotgun, mm -hmm. you can you, you can make an argument that this person is attacking me and trying to disarm me. Now, I'm not saying before everybody jumps and says, oh, you know, what about this? They shouldn't have pursued. I'm not talking about the pursuit. I'm saying at the moment when that first shot was fired, is it reasonable that this person could say, hey, uh, we wanted to, to stop this guy and talk. Yes, I had a firearm on me and he attacked me. There's a lot of people that if this video wasn't there and it wasn't, a, you know, a racially charged thing would say, well, if I'm walking down the street and somebody comes at me and tries to take my gun away from me, I'm going to shoot him. So they could immediately jump into that mind for, my mindset. So all I'm saying is that, you know, the video to me doesn't really show, uh, um, it doesn't say, paint the whole picture. 
I think yep. it paints a, a very good picture of Ahmad trying to avoid this situation. Um, but I'm uh, short of, you know, going and being able to ex examine exactly where everybody was yep. and everything. I'm not going to make a determination on, on the legalities of, you know, the statutes and all that. Were, were they, uh, you know, uh, able to pursue and, and, you know, uh, uh, commit a, a citizen's arrest on this case or not. I'm not, that's, it's really not the point of this, uh, analyzing this, this video. At right. least in my mind. Well, all right. So let's step through it now, though, okay? I uh, appreciate the, all the analysis there, Matthew. But I do want to kind of go through this step-by-step uh, step, uh, pausing as we go. So, uh, and again, you talked a lot about a lot of this, but let's just let's just step through it. Uh, again, one of the earlier time, earliest times we recognize Ahmad on the street here running, uh, as you pointed out, he is he's on the he's actually on the far left uh, of this road as we view it from the camera. Now, folks, for those of you that only listening to the audio uh, version of the podcast, I know this is um, you know somewhat difficult and awkward since we're talking about video that we're viewing or watching, we're sharing and stepping through, uh, and that's difficult if you're listening only. And so we'll. We're doing our best, and we will do our best to describe what we're looking at uh, as we go through this for your benefit. But also, it, it may be uh, good for you to go ahead and consider uh, watching this podcast as well, which you can find on our YouTube channel, uh, episode 414, or also on, on our Facebook live stream, and just looking at our Facebook page and finding our, our, our videos, our live videos. Um, and so, because you may want to, uh, at some point, you, maybe maybe you're on your on the road driving, uh, and you listen to this first, uh, then you can go back and kind of watch this with us as well. So, um all right, so here here's the thing. I, I'm I'm going to first address though before I get too far along, Matthew. This this idea of the citizens' arrest is coming up. I I don't know for sure about every state because you know while I may understand uh, certain use of force, uh, deadly force, uh, you know, property related stuff to some extent for a lot of different states. I'm not so you know educated to the specifics of citizens' arrests in every state or even in a lot of states necessarily, um, but it can be a very nuanced part of the law as far as uh, little nuances from state to state to state as far as when is a citizen's arrest uh, permissible, uh, you know, what, what, what requirements, what conditions have to be in place or have to be met in order for a citizen to affect a citizen's arrest. Uh, what I could say, for, and, and you can tell me too about Ohio, uh, Matthew, if you have experience there, or about California where you used, also used to live, or any other state that you know about, but in Colorado, uh, to effect a citizen's arrest, uh, you have to have you have to have firsthand knowledge. You have to have witnessed a crime be committed, right? And uh, and you've got to have reasonable belief, right? That that you you saw this thing happen, and you saw this individual do that thing and you you're the first hand witness of it so you witness this crime be committed uh you can then attempt to make that that citizen's arrest that that is basically uh that is basically the standard for a citizen's arrest in Colorado uh is that you you've got to see the crime committed and then you can you can arrest on that crime that right. i don't know i mean I, what what, you, what is your thought there yeah, I think in Georgia, it's it's similar to Ohio and even in California, where if it's a misdemeanor crime, you have to, even for a police officer, they have to they have to observe that crime. It has to be committed in their presence for them to make a, an arrest on a misdemeanor crime. And that's for a citizen as well. Um, for a felony crime, all you 
have to have is reasonable or probable suspicion that this person committed a felony crime. So there's a there's a standard. There there is a standard when we're talking about um, a citizen's arrest. So any sort of uh, burglary, which is a, it, it, you know a structure, uh, typically it's a occupied structure. But it, I believe, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, in Georgia it extends to unoccupied even you know structures. So it doesn't have to be a, a sealed wall with uh, walls and everything, right? Uh, or home with walls or occupied. It just has to be a structure. Mm-hmm. So on a legal side of things, if if we're just looking at, do they have the legal right to, uh, uh, you know, impose a citizen's arrest upon this person? Um, if they believe that they've seen video of this person and they've recognized this person and he committed a burglary, which would be a felony, they would have the ability to you, you know, uh, an effect in a citizen's arrest. Now, whether they can use physical or deadly force to affect that arrest is different. Um, you know, that's but a different. Hold on, legal I'm gonna I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm sorry to pa- mm-hmm. put you on pause, but um, how you even in the case of a, of a law enforcement officer, like you have to be able to articulate, right? Uh, you have to ar- be able to articulate that that reasonable suspicion of that crime having been committed, right? Like you can't just make stuff up. Right. Right. So, so, whether- so, so, how do you? Uh, I'm, and again, this is not necessarily specific to this instance. I'm just asking the question of: uh, imagine a circumstance where you think a felony, or where a felony has been committed, but and you think like completely unrelated, like different times, even like this thing happened here. It's two different events, and then at some point later on, you see an individual that you think. Is the person that can like? How do you articulate that? Yeah, and, and so that's that go. I mean, so you have to be able to articulate. However, um, if you say I saw this video of this person breaking into, let's say, let's put, let's make it uh, personal. For all the listeners, you see a ring video of somebody breaking into your home uh, while you're gone, right? You mm-hmm. look at it, you you are away from your home, you get an alert, and you see this person leaving your home, right? True. They broke in again, they're leaving your home. You see them running down the street. Do you have the right to suspect them of burglary? Absolutely, right? Like you have a video, you see the person, you recognize the person on the video. Well, and even- hold on right there. You just said that's a key phrase you just used. You recognize the person. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So, 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 that you, was, so you, in other words, you had to have had decent enough video that you could actually make that identification. Right. And so right. that, that would be, that would be the legal standard. Now, if you are, if your actions after that were justified or not in, in, uh, you know, trying to affect that citizen's arrest. So you, so if you identify this person, I'm not, I don't know based off of what these people said, they suspected that this was the same person, at least in the call, it sounds like they believed it was the same person, whether or not it was, I don't know. And whether or not they just expanded it to, you know, any black person must match the, you know, I, I don't right. know what their motivation and, and, was. And there we start to cross, you know, into the, this is a racially motivated uh, uh, situation. Ex- ex- exactly. Which which so, is not our intent of the podcast today, by the way, guys. Okay, exactly. so there's a tendency even in the comments to try to turn this into this racial thing. I I am not going there, okay? I, I don't even care about that. I am trying to do our best to stick to the facts of what we know regarding this case. That's it, all right? And... Sorry to say, but but race is not necessarily 
when we're looking at the what happened, the, the what, okay? that's a, There's an important distinction between the what versus the why and the motivations. When we're, we're doing our best today to look at what happened as best as we can tell based on the video that we have here that we're, again, about to step through in a little bit greater detail. Uh, and that's about it because we have no idea the motivations other than we know a little bit about uh, some apparent, you know, break-ins, burglaries, trespassing, something to that effect going on apparently in recent history in this, in this neighborhood. Um, and that these guys feel like there's a need to investigate that and go talk to this man. That's basically, you know, what we know. We don't know for a fact that it is racially motivated, right? You can suspect that. You can believe it. Um, I have my own suspicions and beliefs, but I'm trying to leave that out as much as possible as well here. I want that to be clear, okay? So, uh, is that fair, Matthew? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, okay. All right, so I appreciate a little mental exercise uh, there with me uh, as far as, you know, understanding the context uh, and the realities and, and even maybe some of the legalities of affecting a citizen's arrest. Now, by the way, we have been from the beginning of this, of the founding of this podcast, uh, pretty consistent on the idea of citizen's arrest, legal or not, uh, don't do it. It's an unnecessary risk that you open yourself up to, uh, and it is if you are not intimately familiar with the nuances of the law, uh, you run uh, a, an incredible risk of doing something wrong somewhere along the process. Don't forget that police officers are trained for hours and hours and hours to make arrests and how to do that correctly, properly, according to procedure, um, not violating rights, not breaking the law. And they still make mistakes, even though they've been through classes training that very topic. I've been through arrest control uh, courses numerous times. So to think that plain Joe, Jane citizens are going to you know, go make some citizens arrest and know what the crap they're doing, it, it's a risky play. Mm-hmm. So I strongly discourage citizens arrest. Strongly. I can't say that enough. Uh, just as we are, dis- we discourage the idea of investigating and chasing and uh, involving yourself in situations that you don't have to. I'm not saying that you can't, right? There's there's plenty of times where it's permissible under the law to do these various things that we're implying and that we're talking about here. But just because you can does not mean you should. And just because you can, feel free. That's that's up to you. But my advice to you, and this is not legal advice, this is not advice from an attorney. This is simply Riley talking, you know, brother to brother, mano a mano, uh, or brother to sister, whatever, and saying, if you want the best chance of avoiding prison time, of avoiding having to pull a trigger, of avoiding having to kill somebody, and I promise you all those things come with crappy consequences that nobody should want, then you avoid involving yourself in situations you don't need to involve yourself in. And you're 100% right. And we cover this all the time on the podcast. Like every single time we cover the, the should you do something, is it legal? And w- like, we're not addressing the legality of this. And the reason, you know, I, I, I'm trying to respond to some of the comments here about, you know, they, that the video shows that he was murdered and, and things like that. I'm trying to separate it out. And the reason why I said I'm trying to look at it from, a, from 
different views is that we have a lot of listeners that believe they will affect a citizen's arrest on somebody stealing something from their car. Or if I see this, I'm going to act in, in, in this person's a thug. And if they break into my house, they're not leaving unless they're in a body bag and they have this mentality. So what I'm trying to do is say, look, this video is pretty damning, I believe, for these people who shot Ahmad. I, 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 I think it's a bad shoot. Okay. I think it's bad for them. However, I'm trying to, to explain the reason why even in a video that shows this, we can say that they're, it was racially motivated. We can say that they murdered them, but, and it, it may come out that, that they are convicted of, uh, they're indicted and convicted of crime. I, I, that's probably what's going to happen. Even if it doesn't, they're more, they're bankrupt, right? They're going to be bankrupt defending themselves and their, their reputation yep. and livelihood. And I guarantee you they're going to be sued right. by the family so, of this young man. So if you just, car, car, Carmen, if you take that off and you, uh, put it off to the side and we just look at the, the video itself and we say, what, what is the motivation behind these guys? It's, it's really the same motivation as the person who sees somebody breaking into their car and goes out there and confronts them with the firearm. It's the same motivation, whether or not it's a racially motivated or you are motivated because that person is a criminal and you don't like criminals, whatever it is, we have to, you, you, we have to look at it and say, this could be, you could end up in a situation like this very easily where you go out and you're not chasing after this person in your vehicle, but you're chasing after them because they stole something out of your car. And then they turn around and you have a firearm on you and they try to disarm you. Now, what are you going to do? And we bring this up all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's just, we don't, we don't have a video of it and we don't have them pursuing them in a vehicle, but it's the same motivation. So all, all I'm saying is that, that we need to look at the motivations inside um, and, and kind of look at it from from both points of view so we can say this is this is a very bad place to be. This is a very bad place to be when you're trying to effect a citizen's arrest on somebody who is unarmed and you have a firearm in your hand and you're you're not familiar with the person or exactly sure if this is a person who committed a violent criminal act, right? Mm -hmm. That's all that's yep. that that's really what I'm trying to to, to drive at, not trying to say, hey, this person's racially motivated or this person isn't. It very well, they could be 100% racially motivated, but I'm trying to take that out so we can look at it more a, 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 as their actions rather than uh, the, the surface layer mm -hmm. of this is a racially motivated yep. event. And, and to someone's point here in the comments talking about uh, uh, it doesn't matter if race was a factor or not because the actions they did still don't seem justified to me. So my personal, okay, so I'm going to be careful. You, and you mentioned it too. You gave your opinion, Matthew. I will mm -hmm. offer my opinion, uh, but I'm very cautious in doing this. I'm actually was going to try to stay away from this, but I also feel like this is not a good shoot from what we see and what we know. Now, we're going to go through this a little bit uh, more carefully, and I'll point out some things, why, why that leads me to that conclusion. And by the way, that's a, that's a, eh, it's not a final conclusion. It's a, this is where I am at right now. What this tells me is that this has to be investigated. And I know it's already gone through a couple of DAs uh, because the first two had to recuse themselves because they knew uh, Greg or they know Gregory McMichael, the, the father, the 64 year old. He's actually retired not that long ago from being a former investigator uh, in the DA's office and also having been a police officer before that as well. Uh, which that that further complicates this case and also provides some additional context that 
this guy was, you know, living the, the, the glory days. Like, Hey, I, you know, I was a cop, he, you know, and he was still being, he was playing the role of a cop, uh, is kind of part of what I see happening here now. All right. <clears throat> Let's, um, a uh, whole lot of spinning going on with this podcast, Dunnies on on YouTube. This is we're speaking. I'm I'm trying to stay as fact based as possible. That's what this is. Okay, you can think it what is what it is, but uh, uh, I'm not trying to spin a dang thing. We're talking about what we know and acknowledging there's things we don't know, and that could all change in the future as well. All right, let's step through this. In the video, uh, we see. Uh, Ahmad, he's running along the left side of the road, near the near the shoulder on the left side, in fact. Right about here, this moment, and this is specifically timestamp-wise, uh, and I'll make sure that the actual link to the YouTube video where is where I pulled this version of the video from. Uh, I'll make sure that link is in the show notes of the episode as well. But uh, this is nine seconds in, okay? actually, We actually see him begin to um, start moving a little bit to the right. He starts crossing more into the center of that left lane. Right here, I noticed, Matthew, it's very subtle, but I've watched this a gazillion times now. He actually starts moving more straight towards, uh, like, as down the center of that lane. And then, again, he starts to turn. And he starts to turn as the cameraman turns his camera. The cameraman does a lousy job, a couple of points here. So right as the camera starts to turn, we see... Ahmad's body begin to also turn and he starts going to the right. Cameraman does a terrible job, goes away from the important stuff. When we come back, we see Ahmad is now, he has crossed over the left or over that yellow line. So now he's into the right lane. So remember during this brief, and this is all of like a it's two, three, four, okay, maybe four seconds max. Um, no, it's less than that because it was nine seconds where, okay, so it's 11 seconds to about 13 seconds is where we lose sight of the situation. And in that, in those two seconds, we see that Ahmad has gone from about the center of the left lane to now having crossed the yellow line into the right lane. And at this point, he is actually already starting to turn back yet again to the left. We see it the way his body is tilted and leaning towards the left and the angle that he is traversing and the way those feet cross there. Uh, he is going, he actually just stepped right on the yellow line. Cameraman does a lousy job, dips down a little bit. We see Ahmad's left foot now crossed over to the left side of the yellow line and he is leaning back the other way now. He is, so what is he doing? He's zigzagging. This is the this is the sign of somebody that's trying. He he sees what does he see in the street? So let's let's talk about what we see here now. We see a white pickup truck in the right lane. There's a a a man in the back of it. It's believed to be the father, uh, Gregory McMichael. All right, pickup truck stopped in the right lane. Uh, dude in the back of it. That dude, by the way, has a handgun, and he's got. A phone, I believe, at this point already up to his ear. Because we see it again here in just a few seconds. We see where he's got a phone up to his ear. Uh, not super clearly, but I'm, I'm based on body language, I can, I'm 99% certain that's what's, what's going on. Uh, and then in the left lane, we see Travis McMichael, the son. He is standing in the middle of the lane. And we know based on statements that it's not, and, and assumed because there's not a lot of time here that transpires from this point to later points in the video, it's assumed that Travis is standing there in the road with his shotgun out in the open, holding it. Um, here, here's what I perceive. 
Ahmad running and zigzagging. He's going, what in the crap do these guys want with me? And I'm, he's trying to decide where do I go? How do I go? Right. He's zigzagging back and forth. Okay. Can I, can I shake this guy? This, what he probably sees is a overweight 34 year old man with a shotgun. And he thinks, Hmm, let's go right. Let's go left. Let's go right again. Let's see if I can shake this guy and find a way to get around and get out of this situation. I okay. agree completely. Yep. Uh, I think the body language speaks for itself in this in this regard. Okay, so now at this point, we see him stepping back over the yellow line, and he now crosses over to the passenger side of the truck. Again, the cameraman sucks. And by the way, the cameraman, this has been a point that's been brought up, is believed to be the third person involved in this chase. Uh, so he's in his vehicle, and he's coming up behind Ahmad. So again, reasonable to kind of assume that, that hey, this... Whether he knew this guy was also involved in chasing him or if he just was like, I don't know what this other guy in this other car is all about. And you're not going to be inclined to go back the other way because you're also, again, kind of blocked in. You're blocked in by a pickup truck in the right lane, a dude with a shotgun in the left lane, and a vehicle, by the way, that is crossing over the line, which seems to also indicate that this is not just an innocent... I mean, I want to be careful how I phrase this stuff. Again, there's a lot of stuff we don't know, but... This is not just like a, a neighborly person, you know, someone in the neighborhood is just trying to drive down the street and comes upon the situation. Like the fact they're actually kind of crossing back and forth, which we see, I think, throughout the video, they're they're kind of wandering down the road a little bit as well. I think that implies that they're they're kind of trying to hem this guy in because what did the father and son say? They wanted to talk to Ahmad. All right, whatever that means. Nice mailbox is there. Thank you, cameraman, for that. So after the camera again pans back to where the important stuff is, at this point we see Ahmad is already up alongside and beginning to pass the passenger side of the white pickup truck. Okay. So again, he has zigged right, zigged left, zigged right, and is now going up the passenger side and is and he swung a little bit wide. Again, that's that's indi- indicative that he was, you know, kind of taking evasive uh, maneuvers as he is going about uh, running along here. All right. So at this point, Matthew and I discussing this whole situation. Uh, this was kind of a, a comment I made, and I think Matthew agreed that uh, if Ahmad was truly a burglary suspect, like if he had, if if he had done whatever crime, and you know, he's recognizing that fact and suspecting that these guys are trying to chase him down because, because he's, you know, they, they know he's the perpetrator of that crime. What do you, I mean, Matthew, you were a cop like on the street, um, chasing people down. Like what is a chase typically look like, you know, when a criminal is trying to get away from police? Yeah. Well, this, I mean, he's trying to avoid, at least in my eyes, Ahmad's trying to avoid these people. However, he's not going to the point where he's jumping into people's backyards. He's jumping fences, trying to get away from being arrested. He's trying to get away from these people because they have firearms and they're chasing after him, which I think if any one of us were caught without a firearm or we weren't armed and we saw people chasing after us with, the, with, with, you know, with firearms, we would try to get away from them, right? But not in a way where we're jumping fences in people's yards or stealing cars to try to get out, get out of way from the scene, right? So this, if I'm just looking at it, um, I'm, and I'm putting myself in, in his shoes at this point, um, it, it kind of, 
from my point of view, it looks like he's trying to avoid, um, but he's not, you know, at, at a certain point he turns the corner. And like I said, uh, Travis closes that distance and he says, this guy is armed. I'm not. And I have to disarm this guy or I have to take care of this weapon because this guy's going to shoot me. And I think that, you know, this is the point where I'm trying to get into the listeners uh, tie it to the listeners is, is if, you know, this is the point where you see somebody with the shotgun uh, and maybe it's pointed at you. We can't really tell from the video if it's pointed at a mod or not. Um, but this is the point where somebody has a firearm. They've chased you down in a truck. Mm -hmm. They're trying to block your, your path of uh, escape. And if you had a firearm, wouldn't a mod totally be justified in using deadly force? Of course, right? Like, right. Uh, of course. Uh, so. And that, that is absolutely a fair point to make, Matthew, because you're just a dude out for a jog, uh, minding your own business, and you come upon people that are armed and and being very... But keep in mind, at the point that where this video is, at this moment, they've already chased, attempted to stop him and have chased him around and they've had to double back, right? To try to catch up with him again. So put anybody in this in in this person's shoes, in Ahmad's shoes, and go, what what would you do? And this is this is why we're talking about this uh, from a variety of, of angles here, but this this one thing I think is extremely relevant. What if you're the guy that's just out for a jog? Black or white, I don't care what race you are. This, this this something could happen just just about anybody. I mean, somebody's gonna have a take offense at that uh, me saying that, but just it, forget, put all your your own feelings and ra and racial whatever aside at this point. Just imagine that anybody's in these shoes. That's all I'm concerned with at this point. How would you respond? And you come upon a situation where it's very apparent dudes with guns are trying to stop you. How how do you read that situation? How do you respond? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I would I would take it as a deadly threat towards I, the the nature by nature of that gun being present, being at the ready, low ready, whatever doesn't matter, you know, and a dude telling me to stop as he's got a gun in his hands, I'm going to read that as a very aggressive threat against me. And the one thing we, sorry, the one thing no, we know for do. a fact is that Ahmad is, was not, in fact, armed with anything. That actually should be no surprise to anybody at this point. And actually, it's probably a travesty that he was not. Because if this was me, you know, I've gone, I go for runs and I carry my gun with me. Okay? Because if this was me, there, there, there's a high probability this would have assuming I could not escape because that would be my first uh, uh, attempt or thing that I would uh, do would be to try to avoid the situation, of course. But if I got to where I felt like I was pinned in and couldn't escape, then there's a high probability I would take what they were doing as a, as a deadly threat and I would be drawing and using my gun. That That's where this takes me to, mentally speaking. Yeah. And it might not, I mean, think about this. It might not be you running. Maybe, I mean, how many people get involved in uh, road rage incidents, right? I see it all the time. So a, a motorcycle gets cut off and then the motorcyclist rides up 
and smashes the, the, the side view mirror, right? Or vice versa. And people get, so it's the same, it's that same like pursuit mentality where uh, all of a sudden this turns into a deadly force situation because you say, hey, buddy, I, you know, I got my firearm. You better back off and the, you draw a firearm. Well, if you're not legally justified to shoot this person and you draw a firearm, they are going to perceive you as a deadly threat. And they have every justification and legal uh, 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 justification to use deadly force against you. So it's, you know, taking this, and this is kind of why I'm trying to get through the, the, the racial stuff and put it to the side and the, and the motivations of these people, because I'm just trying to look at this as an, as an incident and say, where are these points? What, what could have gone or what caused this to go wrong? Where could we correct this? And why can this type of situation happen, even if you're not a racist, right? Like you could end up in a road rage situation where you're trying to track somebody down or, or whatever, uh, or you get into a fight with somebody in a, over a parking space in a, in a parking lot. Um, and you're not, it's not racially motivated. So that's why I'm just trying to, you know, parse through all the, the surface layer stuff and, and, and preach to the choir as far as like, yes, these guys are racist. We should, you know, they should be arrested in this. I'm putting that aside and saying, how can this apply to everyday life for a concealed carrier? And how could you, if your motivations are not racially motivated, but even just, uh, you know, uh, evil of heart, like I'm not going to let this person steal my stuff and I'm going to pursue this person because they stole my stuff and I worked hard for that. And I see it all the time with, with, with people. And I'm just trying to combine these two and say, you could find yourself in a situation where you are uh, in a situation where you have to use force or you end up using force and whether or not you are racially motivated, whether or not you, whatever your motivations are, um, people, you're putting your fate in the hands of, of district attorneys and juries and lawyers. And, and that's just not where you want to be. So that's kind of where I was kind of veering with the conversation. Yep. All right. So, you know, again, just trying to, just trying to stick to what we know and what we can see. All right. Uh, and less drawing lessons out from it. You know, what would you do? This is a very valid question. If you're in this situation, place yourself in this situation, in, in, in these shoes. How would you handle the situation? All right. And by the way, it's really easy to look back and go, well, I would have done this, you know, and because Ahmad didn't do that, well, you know, too bad for him. Or, you know, like, guys, uh, you, you, we don't always know how we're going to respond or what we're going to do in a similar situation. We don't. I mean, but this is a great opportunity. This is a great uh, example to use as kind of that mental exercise to go, wow, I, I had never, you know, because you, you couldn't dream this up in a million years, right? Probably Ahmad couldn't even dream this up in a million years. He probably had no idea what was taking place or why it was taking place, all right? That, that's a bit of an assumption, but that's that's what I think. That's what I believe to be true. Um, so, you know, it's easy to say, I would have done this. I would have just turned and gone the other way, or I would have done that, or whatever. Um, but what I see here is a man that's just out for a run, and he's just running down the street, and he zigzags to try to avoid these strange dudes that are blocking the street. Here's Matthew, you touched on it a moment ago, right? When you have bad guys, criminals, whatever, running away from you, it, man, they do everything they can to make it as difficult as possible for you to catch them. Running through people's yards, jumping fences, uh, you know, and what I see here, and stepping through the video, you know, we've been kind of, you know, we got we got stopped kind of at this point, but look here to the right. I see a lot of open yards, 
trees, uh, bushes and shrubbery, a lot of open space, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now you could you could say, well, why didn't he just take off? You know, take off the road and 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 go and go to the right or go to the left or you know try to escape or evade that way, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that that's a valid you know that's a, that's why this is a valid question to ask. Like, what would you do in the situation? And, and that's the thing. I mean, you and so if you put yourself in this person's shoes, you, you don't know what's going through their mind, but let's say he says, if these, these people are trying to track me down, they're, they're chasing me down in two different vehicles, right? And he says, if I run towards a home, maybe they think maybe those, those people are going to come out and, and want to shoot me too. Like maybe all these people are, are trying to kill me, right? Like maybe he's in that mindset where he doesn't know where to run and he's just trying to get away from these people, stay on the street so nobody says hey he's trying to break into a home or he's trying to break into a car or anything like that and he's saying i don't want anything to do with any of these yards you know i don't want to go in their home they're sure any of these homes so yeah well while we might say i would have ran to this home or that might be an option right it might have right. been an option and maybe that would have helped but maybe it wouldn't have and, and in his mindset you don't know what he was thinking and so you have to kind of look at all 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 the possible things that might have been going through his mind yep Yep. And by the way, to the dude saying something about he's running around in Timberland boots, BS on that. I Those do not look like boots. Sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. So here, and this was kind of my point, is what this shows me is that uh, a criminal doesn't even take a s- second thought about, like, they, they will do everything they can for self-preservation to get away from being, you know, they will evade capture. Uh, and uh, the, the logical choice there would be, completely make it, you know, make it as difficult as possible for these guys to pursue you, uh, to catch you, whatever, and you go a different way. Uh, the fact that he stays committed that, hey, guys, I'm just a dude out for a run and stays committed to that road, like, to me, that 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 does not show evasion. I mean, other than he's trying to get around this roadblock. Right, right. All right? So... I know that we're reading in, in between the lines a little bit. I know the point is we're trying to stay fact-based, but just looking at what we see, all right, and looking at body language, that's what it looks like to me. All right. Now, stepping forward. Uh, again, we talked about he, he goes up along the passenger side of the vehicle, kind of swings out a little bit wide, uh, and then we lose sight of him a little bit, and then right about here is when the first shot is fired. And where do we see? We've lost sight of Travis for for a time, where do we see him at the moment the shots fired? He's up at, at basically the front left uh, of the. Uh, he's basically at the bumper of the vehicle because he stepped in front of it. We can see that his leg has gone in front of it. So Travis is in front of the vehicle. We can also see where the shadow is of the vehicle is in relation to the shadows from the from the feet of the individuals. This is probably, I'd guess, uh, five five six feet in front of the in front of the truck, uh, roughly speaking, because we actually can see the head of the shadow of Travis. And it's nowhere near, I mean, this is one o'clock, so it's midday, right? Uh, so the shots fired about here, and which is just where we just start to see Travis come back into the frame, and we know he's in front of the truck. At this point, Ahmad has just cro- he's run up the side of the truck and started crossing in front of it. And I think right at this point, he's like, wow, there's no escaping this dude. This dude's staying with me. And he's got the shotgun. And at this point, for whatever reason, he goes hands on. I think it was, uh, and the, again, the shot I think is fired before there's any physical contact. I think uh, Ahmad did, you know, 
well, whether it was Ahmad or Travis, some distance was closed between these two guys. Travis fires a shot. At that point, Ahmad goes hands-on. He gets his hands on the gun. You see right there, he's pushing the muzzle down and away. That's good. Good job. That's that's a, that's a good thing to do if you're going to try to defend yourself against a gun. Uh, and now we see, you know, uh, center gravity is going down low. Guys are, you know, fighting down low. This is a tussle, and it's a fight over the gun. Uh, right there, we do see that uh, it looks like Travis manages to break the muzzle away. It comes over to the left. Boom, right there. Uh, at this point, Travis probably realizes, shoot, he's, you know, he's able to break that gun for me. I'm losing this fight. So Ahmad starts going to physical uh, blows. Looks like a punch right there. Uh, something on the back. Uh, we see his arm cocked back here. Probably another blow. Okay. And uh, we lose sight of them. And, oh, I forgot. And you talked, you mentioned it, Matthew, but we see a plume of smoke right there. Come out from the left edge of the frame and go to the right. That's the second shot. That's the moment of the second shot. And I agree with you that seeing the uh, the, 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 the the blast, the smoke like we do, probably did not, at least it didn't significantly hit um, Ahmad. And now again, they're off, off frame. Now I'm going to go back a little bit here. I want you to look a little bit more closely at what the dad is doing. And right here, he just got done putting his phone down. That's where the phone is up to his ear. That's what he's doing. That's what that body language says right there. Mm-hmm. Phone's at the ear. He's on the he's on the nine one one call. All right, puts phone down. He's got a handgun in his right hand. He now begins. I don't know exactly what he's doing with the handgun, but he looks down at it. He does something with two hands on it, as if he's getting it ready. Uh, and now the the handgun starts coming up, but he does not fire. He does not use it. Okay, right again, right around that time, that second shot's fired. And then we see them come back onto the frame. That's actually Travis we see first. So he's now closer to the pickup truck. And Ahmad is uh, to the left of him. So so they have sw- they have switched positions. They have swung around, and uh, which is probably a necessity on uh, Ahmad's part to, again, keep in mind where the muzzle went, where we last saw it of the shotgun. So Ahmad's got around to where he's able to grab part of that shotgun. I will just mench- uh, make note that I uh, I don't know for a fact it could be graphics or something on the front of this uh, T-shirt that Ahmad's wearing, but I believe we are seeing actually blood. I know that's pretty uh, uh, gruesome and gory and sad, but uh, uh, as far as I you know I don't necessarily like seeing this stuff, but uh, I think that's what we're seeing there. Okay, so he's been he has been injured at some point uh, through this those first two shots, and again he continues to go to to blows to the head as he's got one hand on the muzzle of the shotgun. He probably would have been far better off just looking at the tactics of this and the, and the technique of his fighting to uh, to get both hands on that shotgun and really try to take control of it because one hand on that shotgun when the other guy has got two hands is not going that's going that's going to be a losing battle all day long. Uh, you might think you can knock him out, but uh, this Travis fellow looks like he's a pretty pretty robust guy, and so they continue to struggle. Uh, Ahmad actually removes the left hand from the shotgun right there. Uh, he basically just loses uh, control of the situation, and the final blast is uh, actually we just missed it. It was right there, and we actually comes through his back. Ouch! And then the fight is over. He's got nothing left in him. Travis backs away, and uh, down goes Ahmad. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
Okay, so just kind of you know that that whole exercise is m- meant to look at the kind of the attack the tactics of it, um, kind of the play by play as far as how it went down, the shots that were fired. Um, you know, Ahmad didn't look like a terrible you know like he was a fit dude, but I don't think he was a, a trained fighter from what I could see. Um, but uh, I mean, because you know, there's there, there there's just so many things he could have done from like a fighting uh, perspective. That that he didn't do. It just it, to me it says this, this kid's not. He's not. A, he's not a fighter. He's not. You know. He's not an MMA. Or he's not a boxer. He's not. You know. Into wrestling necessarily. Uh, he just was doing the best he could in that moment. Um, again, we don't understand all the motivations, everything behind it. Uh, we see what we see, and it comes back to. And I'm going to go ahead and kill the shared video at this point uh, because we need to start wrapping it up. You know, an hour and plus uh, into the episode now at this point. Um, it comes down to, again, what we see and what we know as of this point does not look real promising because you have an unarmed individual approaching two men that are armed who is hemmed in, fenced in, boxed in by two vehicles and a third person out on his feet with a shotgun in hand. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I, I think it just, it, it from there, it just goes sideways real, real fast. Uh, regardless of um, anything that Ahmad had done, right? Let's, let's back up. Even if Ahmad had been the one that had been breaking into homes or breaking into this construction site or whatever it was, even if, all right, uh, the way this played out, to where shots got fired is still not real pretty. It's not good. It doesn't look justifiable, right? Um, these guys basically went what I call looking for trouble. Whether they th- intended to, whether they meant to, whether they thought it would go that way, that's irrelevant. When you take yourself out of your domicile, you take your gun, and you go out there on the street, and you try to chase somebody down that you think committed a crime, and then you end up shoot, you know, pulling the trigger, you know, whether for, you know, like you, you basically, you opened the door for that opportunity to occur. It would have been far better to sit tight, right? Uh, again, that's, that's, that's an analysis that's irrelevant of who's in the right or who's in the wrong. It's acknowledging that when we place ourselves in situations and in, in, uh, um, uh, altercations um, that we don't need to place ourselves into, right? I'm not saying you can't in a lot of contexts. I'm just saying that just because you can, does that mean you should? And I would I would argue that you should not. If you care about avoiding legal hassle and potential threat to life, because nothing bad happens to anybody here if they stay at home. Place the 911 call, report it, have the cops sent out, Maybe they run into Ahmad. Maybe they ask Ahmad questions. And Ahmad says, I'm just going for a run here, guys. And uh, I live down the street. Right? And they check him out and they go, okay, cool, man. See you later. But that, that's probably what it would amount to. That's all I got about. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have anything to add to that other than, you know, we cover it all the time. And, and, you know, as we, we, we went through this and we took a long time to go through this. And I, and I understand that there, there are probably 
people that log in halfway through and heard certain parts of it and didn't hear the whole thing. Um, and, and, you know, as I'm going through some of the comments, you know, Katie says, uh, this is a commentary is gross. She came across it. She's seeing victim blaming it. it I, I challenge you, Katie, to find one, one line where we blamed the victim. Um, and, and, you know, we're not, I, I would ask you to find that, you know, um, we're not here to blame anyone. We're not assessing blame. And that was not what our uh, motivation was to begin with. Um, the motivation of this is to get it out there and talk in a, in a way about this, about this incident that kind of sifts through all the stuff that you're seeing. Look, if you want to have a conversation about the, the racial motivations and race, you know, uh, uh, racist behaviors and things like that, that, that's a conversation to have, but we're trying to focus on this incident and see what we can learn from it and not just, uh, go to the base level of, Hey, this is racist. This guy's a murderer. Why isn't he charged? Um, the, there have been, uh, two, I believe district attorneys that have already been, uh, have already recused themselves. And, uh, and so I, I here I'll go out on a limb. Okay. And I'll give you my opinion. I believe that these people will be indicted and they will be charged and convicted. I believe that. Okay. Uh, that's my opinion. I don't, I, I so you know, I'm not an attorney, whatever. That's my opinion. But I'm trying to put that off to the side and present it to a, in a way where we can kind of discuss this and get it out in the open and talk about, hey, what are some some things that we can avoid? How can we avoid these types of situations and not do and not find ourselves forced into a situation where we have to use our firearm because somebody perceives us as a threat because we challenge them over them stealing something from their car or breaking into a vehicle or cutting them off or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, I, I hope that's what you got out of it. And, uh, and, and so, um, I mean, I, I guess I can't separate it because I'm white and my perspective is uninformed. That, that's your opinion, Katie. And, uh, we all have our opinions, right? So I, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but, uh, it's just not, it's not the fact. So, and of course, you know, you have two white guys, uh, you know, commenting about this on here. So everybody assumes it's racially motivated or based as far as our opinions and, uh, white privilege and blah, blah, blah. Uh, couldn't care less. Yeah, it's funny thing is, I actually had this conversation with somebody online uh, earlier today that I actually live in an extremely racially diverse uh, neighborhood. There's, there's none of my immediate neighbors uh, are are white, none. I mean, in my neighborhood, there, there's we got black people, white people, Asians, Hispanics, Filipinos. Uh, it honestly, couldn't be a more diverse neighborhood. And uh, I talked to all my neighbors. We're all friendly. We're cool. Nobody cares who any, you know, and I realize it's not true for all neighborhoods. I realize there, there are legit racial problems in various locations across this country, you know, and, and frankly, uh, I think those are, those are, there's, there's definitely pockets and locations where it's a lot more of an issue and a lot more prevalent at the same time. I'll throw out there. I, as a white guy that used to work in the construction industry, that used to have to go all kinds of places uh, across uh, you know, the, the Denver metro area, I've been in neighborhoods where I was the only white dude, and uh, uh, it was uncomfortable for sure. Just like I'm sure being a white guy or a black guy in a white guy's neighborhood feels uncomfortable. I'm not saying that that, 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 that you know fixes anything that's happened in the past, racially speaking, uh, slavery, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'm just pointing out that race is what it is, 
But me personally, couldn't give a crap what color this dude was. We're looking at a video. If that was a white guy running down the street and the same thing played out, I would have analyzed it exactly the same way. Would have said, he did this. He's exact that way. He did that. He did not do this thing. And then he got shot. That's what I would have said. And I would still say, there's something wrong here. And it deserves to be investigated. And I hope it is thoroughly investigated. And I would also not be surprised to see charges filed, people arrested, and a trial take place. There you go. Some of you, many of you are going to disagree with us on both sides. We've had people saying, you guys are too soft in your analysis. This is, you know, you guys, uh, people are going to disagree with us on, on all sides of this. Couldn't care less. Just simply uh, tackling an issue that we see that our listeners have asked us to tackle and uh, do our little analysis and play by play by play by play as uh, simply and as accurately based on what we see and what, what we know to be the facts as best as we can. That's it. And as more facts come out, we'll, then we'll 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 see how it all sorts out in the end. I would caution. Did play every, the, go ahead. No, I was just going to mention we did play the the nine one one call. Uh, so if you missed that, it's earlier in the yep. in the episode. But we did we did play it uh, and talked about that as well. Yep, yep. So um, there you go. That's that's you know I think at that point at this point we got to let it rest here and uh, let the the debate rage online. <laughs> Carry on, folks. Um, our job and our goal here at concealedcarry.com and with the Concealed Carry podcast is to provide the best concealed carry self-defense and gun-related uh, information and education possible. My goal is for people that carry guns for personal defense to do so responsibly and safely and to know how to use them in a, in, in a similar fashion, responsibly and correctly and accurately, both legally and also literally accurately as far as if they got to take shots, by golly, I hope the shots hit what they intend to hit. That's our goal. That's our job. That's what we do at concealedcarry.com. And so if you are interested in increasing your ability, your knowledge, your your uh, your understanding about concealed carry and self-defense and gun carrying related matters, then I hope that you'll consider coming to our site and checking out all of our dozens of free resources. And if you care to throw a little money our way, there's lots of really great paid resources as well. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to do the job that I do. Uh, happy to do it, and I love teaching and educating people about this stuff. So with that, we're going to get out of here and uh, wish everybody uh, you know, the, the best uh, best that they, they can be. Uh, every, I, I sincerely hope. I, I never like uh, seeing people get shot or killed. I don't like it at all. I don't. But I recognize that this is the, you know, these are the kind of things that happen in life, uh, and, and it is what it is. So what can we learn from it? I'd say based on what I saw today, do everything in your power to avoid conflict. And that goes on both sides, right? That means you 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 run to the right, you run to the left, you get the heck out of there, you do whatever it takes. Or if you're the McMichaels, dad and son, you don't go out there chase people down with guns in hand. Simple as that. Like this, this I'm not saying that Ahmed, Ahmad did anything wrong. You know, I'm just, what I'm saying is that's the lesson learned, right? 
I wish Ahmad could go back and be like, man, I could have done this. I should have done that. I should, you know, because no matter what, every self-defense situation, there's multiple ways we, there's, there's different decision points where we could do something different. There's always something that could go better because self-defense shootings are messy by nature of what's taking place. People being shot, people being killed, people being attacked, people being robbed. Those situations are messy. So there's always ways to improve. And the value for us is that there's ways we can look at and go, what can I get out of this? What can I learn? How can I avoid that happening to me? With that, we're going to sign on out of here. I'll let you guys know to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.